Hey, welcome to Flipping the Field, the college football podcast about all of college football. I'm your host, Patrick Mayhorn. I'm joined by um, the person who had, uh, quote, no responsibility for Argentina's World Cup loss to Saudi Arabia, uh, despite numerous allegations to the contrary. Ryan, uh, Ryan, what is your comment on this situation at this time? Because we all know your ties to Saudi Arabia, and, and it, it is, you know... It's. It, I think it's troubling. I think a lot of people have drawn a lot of, of very unfair comparisons, but I, I do still want you to clear the air here a little bit. Well, look, to, to our fans who have been tracking uh, any kind of flights going directly from Buenos Aires to Columbus and arriving prior to, to noon Eastern uh, on Saturday, any allegations you're making that I have in a Monstar-style situation stolen the talents and agility <laughs> of the Argentina national football team to bring them to the Buckeyes are flatly untrue. Yeah. Um, there's there's nothing to that. I did not give Xavier Johnson, uh, Lionel Messi's, uh, uh, you know, cutting ability. Um, you know, I didn't give I didn't give any kind of uh, no, none of that happened. It's not true. It's a lie. Uh, and stop saying it. There's no yeah. there's not even a scientific way that is publicly available to do that. Yeah. Um, so if I were to have done something like that, I would have had to get it from nefarious, uh, from nefarious means, uh, you know, illegally from Texas and CIA. And we all know I don't have those connections. Yeah. So there's just no way it could have been done. Yeah, exactly. It's it's um, there's just, you know, the, the connections, folks, they're just not there. And you're 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 all looking at things that just aren't real is the thing. And it's, uh, you know, it's the damn conspiracy theories. It's the, <laughs> the conspiracy theory brain and there's nothing else to it. Uh, and everybody needs to just uh, just leave it be. Um, Ryan, we've got a special uh, early morning record here. We've, we've got a this is the very rare morning flipping the field, uh, which means that it's probably going to be worse than the usual ones. <laughs> That's not fair. Mm. Maybe it won't be worse. Maybe it will be exactly as good, if not better, than the usual ones. It's hard to say for sure. It's going to be good. Um, we just had our we just had our best podcast of the year on High Street Freaks. Oh man, uh, we were we were tuned up. I mean, you're going to if you. I mean, I know you obviously love the Buckeyes. Will be listening as a fan, but yeah. even if you weren't, uh, you should be taking some time to listen to that one because we were we were just fucking ripping from the jump on that one. Uh, we also have, uh, we also have that podcast I did with Dan. I've been, I've been tuned up all week, man. I'm ready yeah. to fucking roll on all these podcasts. So I'm excited. I'm, I'm in, you know, prime, prime form. And also, Hey, if you're, if you're listening to this podcast right now, you want to listen to all these podcasts I'm mentioning the bucket problem, our Michigan podcast, high street freaks or Ohio state podcast, uh, premium episodes of this podcast right here. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can listen to all of those. Uh, if you subscribe to meetatmidfield.com, which is a college football website, it's the internet's only combined Ohio State Michigan college football website. It's built around rivalries in the sport. It is the perfect week to be on there. Uh, we have new members flooding in. Our threads are going fucking bonkers right now. Uh, and you can get 25% off for life if you use the code the game to sign up. We would love to have you all there. I mean, it's uh, the content. The content is absolutely busted through the fucking bando this week. It is. There's a lot of a lot of articles coming out. A lot of content. Um, DJ, Kevin, myself, Ace, Taylor, Patrick, we are all going bonanza. Yeah, and it is important to note that the um, we definitely in the premium episode of this podcast that we just put up, we didn't uh, talk for 25 to 30 minutes about Lane Kiffin going to Auburn, which is a thing that still no. has not actually happened. Uh, we didn't probably won't that. be happening. Yeah, yeah we uh, <laughs> we did not do that. It's very important that we make that clear off the jump. We did not do that. That was uh, somebody else who did that. It was not us. Um, you can also go to homefieldapparel.com and use the code meet at midfield for 15% off. Uh, which I suppose you're probably not going to do right now because they do have a Black Friday sale going. Um, 
I don't remember the code for that. I don't know that. I was not told. It's the Black, Black Friday. Okay, Black, Black Friday. Friday. And that's what, 20% off of everything site-wide? <laughs> 20% off everything in the store. And then there's also, we're not going to say this podcast, this one's a public podcast. There's also yeah. a special discount for subscribers of Meet at Midfield exclusively. Um, look, there's a new t-shirt dropping on Saturday. Uh, we've seen a couple mock-ups. We know what's going to be coming. Uh, it is an insane t-shirt drop and mm-hmm. you, and it's not going to be discounted on the black Friday stuff, like everything else in the store. But if you're a subscriber to meet at midfield, you can get that discount. Uh, and, and there is a special code we have that's available on the boards to you. If you subscribe, yeah. you're going to want that shirt guys. You're going to want that shirt. Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, really, you would be losing money, not subscribing to meet at midfield.com because you're going to yep. want the, you're going to want, you're going to want the damn shirt. And the only way to save the money on it is to subscribe to our website. That's sort of the racket that we have going on with home field. We're kind of doing a, uh, a lot of people call it a protection racket and that's sort of what we're doing right now. And, uh, we're going yeah. to need your money. You got to spend money to over. make money. People yeah. You forget that. That's yeah. right. That's business grind set. You got to spend money to make money. You got to spend money to get t-shirts, folks. That's what we have always said. And the only place that you can get t-shirts in the entire world is homefieldapparel.com. All right, week 13, watch list. We've got it a little bit more spread out this week because of the games that are on Black Friday. But I think that this is safe for, you know, there are some slots here that are not great. I think that this is still a pretty fun week, right? There's a, there's a lot of... Um, there's like interesting top end games. There's not a ton of meaningful games because of the nature of the playoff, which I think is probably going to be, you know, when it changes, I think that that is going to change the dynamic of this week specifically when you have more conferences competing at the end of the season still. Um, but I think that there's still a lot of fun games here, right? This is this is a this is a pretty good slate, all things considered. Yeah, I'm happy with it. And it's also like I kind of like like Labor Day weekend and Thanksgiving weekend, we have these games kind of spread out throughout multiple days. You always get the Egg Bowl on Thursday. You have we last night we had uh, we had Ohio and, and Bowling Green playing, which ended up being kind of a blowout, uh, unfortunately. But but yeah. like there's meaningful games throughout the entire week, which is so nice. Supposed to concentration of just Saturday, you're able to soak in more games that you otherwise probably wouldn't catch. Like yeah. if this was a regular Saturday, there's probably no chance I'm watching Louisville Kentucky, which is like a genuinely hateful rivalry. Uh, that I think is pretty great uh, and, and you know, has a chance for Louisville to finish ranked for Mark Stoops to have a huge disappointing season, like a lot on the line in that game. Yeah. Uh, and otherwise I would never watch it, but this weekend we'll probably have the time to based on when it's when it airs and what else is on. Yeah, for sure. I have, uh, I have very, very fond memories of watching uh, Lynn Bowden a couple years ago against Louisville, just absolutely beating that ass and being really nasty yeah. about it. Uh, that was, that was great. Really, really love that memory. Um, <clears throat> yeah. I, I'm something that I think, I'm and like I alluded to earlier that I'm interested in as we kind of go through this week and I'm going to just bring it up sort of as we as we go but like I think I am kind of excited and talking myself into the idea of more teams being allowed to compete in the postseason when I look at this slate specifically because there are games on here that I think are going to be really fun or really good that are uh, meaningless essentially they are just for for fun they are for you know pride Whereas, like, I don't know, I wouldn't mind if Oregon, Oregon State was a lot more important than it currently is. Or if, you know, Ole Miss's loss last week was impactful in any way. And then, or like, if it needed to win this game to stay alive, things like that, right? Uh, Or like Tulane Cincinnati would be really important, really extremely important for the potential, because this committee fucking loves the AAC and would just put the champion in whoever it is. Um, and, and so like, this is the kind of slate that I think does 
make me wish for that even a little bit more, make me look look forward to that a little bit more, to where we will have more teams involved and more games will matter at the end of the season, which is like counter to the arguments against it, but it's uh, those are uh, dumb. Those are dumb arguments. <laughs> they don't make any sense. Um, I, yeah, I, it's just not true. Like, like I, get, I get the idea of what you're saying, like what some people say of like, oh, well, like, Alabama and Ohio State and Georgia will be in every year in this format. Like, yeah, yeah and like as they opposed are. to like, yeah, yeah, as opposed to right now when they are in every year pretty much without fail unless they seriously fuck it up. Like, right. you, I mean, Ella, and, and there's just like, I, I don't, it's better to have more to have more games matter, to have more conference championships matter, to have more conference title races matter. It's just better for the sport. Like, it's better yeah. for everyone involved. It's uh, like if you're a fan of Ohio State, Alabama, or Georgia. You, it probably is slightly marginally worse for you. I think that's probably true, actually. Like, the idea that you have to... I mean, it's, I guess, worse in the sense that, like... I don't know. You don't have the same amount of anxiety, like, for every game of the season. It's maybe you're going to care a little bit less if you lose a regular season game. But, like, seeding still matters. Getting a home yeah. playoff game is hugely important now. Uh, you know, beating your rival, you're still going to care about... Like, if you're an Ohio State fan, you're not going to care less about Michigan because yeah. beating them means Michigan drops to a nine seed instead of being eliminated, right? Like, like that's not why I care about this game. Yeah, I care I, about this I, game because it's it's Michigan. Yeah. yeah, I think most Ohio State fans probably would rather beat the hell out of Michigan than they would, like, go to the playoff, right? I, I think that that is... General, like if it's if it was that you yeah. lose to Michigan and go to the playoff or beat the shit out of Michigan and don't go, I think most Ohio State fans would probably take beating Michigan, and like that's still going to exist. And, and like, guess what? Alabama fans and Georgia fans are already soulless. They already don't care if they lose the SEC championship or if they lose to their rival as yeah. long as they make the playoff. Like those yeah. guys don't care about those games at all. Like they can keep being that way. Like none of us want to. Like I still care about the rivalries. Like it, it hasn't changed the way Ohio like. Yes, some fandoms have been shaped immensely by the playoff and only view their games through the playoff lens now. I do not think everyone has to be that way, nor should they be that way. But yeah. I do think making more games relevant to the playoff and, and keeping fans engaged at the end of the season and more fan bases is better for everyone involved. Yeah, um, I, and I, it's going to make the content, the, the, you know, it's going to make the, the product a lot better. Yeah, I think that it makes it a lot more national. It, it really, I think that it just moves the focus out of fucking Atlanta just a little bit, just expands the scope a little bit so that it's not every year. All right, SEC champion is by default in, and then maybe the runner up will also be in. Um, and then also, you know, up in Indianapolis, the winner of that's going to be in like this, this just, it just spreads things out just a little bit. And I don't really, yeah. like, I don't care even what that actually does in the playoff. I just care about these teams and places being represented more so that these games matter, um, which they just, you know, right now they intentionally don't in a lot of places in a, in a way that's very frustrating, especially when you have uh, games objectively not mattering in an SEC that is much, much worse than it usually is. Like, LSU lost to Tennessee by 27 points. It did not matter. That game was not... It did not matter. That game didn't matter. There was no reason to even play it. They, there's no there's no value in it. No, no, nobody has taken anything from it. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It's, uh, like, honestly, those that ranking has pissed me off more than almost anything else. Like, this idea, like the fact that it's, like, they just flat out simply do not care uh about uh, about like lsu getting blown out at home by tennessee and like having the same number of rank wins a number of quality wins like 
uh, comparable losses, I would say. Yeah. Uh, and just like one team beat the other head to head by 27 fucking points on the road. <laughs> and that doesn't matter at all is so insane. It is so annoying that these rankings are just power rankings, dude. They're just yeah. like, they're just power rankings from last week's games. Yeah, pretty uh, much. It, it's also unless like, you're a top five team. Yeah, yeah, yeah pretty much. The top, the top five teams get to stay re- literally regardless of what they do. It does not matter. Um, but like, it's it's especially and you guys are getting me on the the morning immediately after these rankings so this is the only time of the week that I will be actually fired up about this uh, and then I will revert to my usual sort of ironic detachment um USC mm-hmm. is in a better conference USC has beaten better teams than LSU has LSU has two losses and also its wins aren't as good as USC's <laughs> Yeah, like, the Alabama and Christ. Ole Miss. Like, Ole Miss very well may not be ranked after Thursday. Yeah, Ole Miss just got housed by Arkansas. Arkansas is like five and six. What? Yeah, six and five. But six yeah, yeah, and yeah. Five. I mean, it's it's ridiculous. They lost to joke. Liberty. And, and, <laughs> and also, LSU barely escaped from Ole Miss the week prior. Like they they won thirteen ten against Arkansas. a shitty Ole Miss team. Arkansas. Ar- yeah. yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry. Arkansas. Yeah, yeah. yeah L- LSU. We're fucking up. It's the morning, you know. LSU. <laughs> LSU barely beat Arkansas. Like, and they, again, they got blown out. Why is everyone forgetting? They got blown out. <laughs> they, they got they, blown they, out. Like, if you're is your why why is that role been a role forever? That's always been a thing. Everyone's the committee's cared about every committee. Like that's been the one thing that's been constant across all of these things is don't lose twice and don't get blown out. Yeah. And the and, and LSU did both. And it just doesn't matter now because they're the SEC West winner. It's yeah. fucking annoying, man. It's really annoying. Yeah, it, it is sort of a, um, it, it's like a more extreme, I think more annoying version of like the 2014 playoff when we were talking about going in where you have TCU and Baylor, which sort of, I don't remember which one lost to the other one, and then the other one had a had a loss elsewhere, and then Ohio State, which had the blowout loss to Virginia Tech, but had been you know probably on the mm, whole. I, I don't know if I call that one a full blowout. I mean, they it lost was, by it, it was, was like not a, a it was not great. It was, it was not great against a, a not great team. It doesn't matter. It was uh, eight look, years ago. yeah, but I mean, I don't know. A, t- a two that touchdown was, game is that was how it was talked blowout. about relative to TCU and Baylor's losses. That was how it was talked about, and that was not to a ranked team. Um, but the the point being that uh, the way that Ohio State released, um, you know, allayed those concerns and worked into the playoff was by just doing a bloodletting on Wisconsin, right? LSU's yeah. not done that yet. It's not like LSU went and beat the fuck out of Georgia. If they do that, then yeah, maybe they should be considered. But they haven't done that yet. They just they beat an Alabama team that we don't think is very good. Is that really that impressive? I mean, so did Tennessee, yeah. and Tennessee is not a playoff contender. I don't think like I don't think we have to be making these teams into serious playoff contenders for beating this Alabama team. They're fine. They're a fine yeah. team. They're it- okay. And like we haven't got into the fact that like also the part that pissed me off too is and God help me if I'm the one defending Clemson's honor here, yeah. but Clemson being number eight in these rankings behind Alabama and LSU, it's very is funny. A joke. It's very funny. It's stupid, but it's very funny. <laughs> Clemson. Sure. I mean, look, yeah. it's funny. Yeah, but like, uh, yes, they got dumped by by Notre Dame on the road. Why is that so much worse than LSU getting dumped at home by Tennessee? Uh, and then also losing a second game to Florida State, which yeah. Clemson beat. Clemson beat Florida State, like yeah. like on the road. LSU couldn't beat them at a neutral site. Yeah. Like we have a comparison point. They have Clemson has ranked wins against Louisville and Florida State. Uh, they have beat quality teams at NC State and Wake Forest and Georgia Tech. Teams that are all going bowling, like in Syracuse too. Like yeah, they lost Notre Dame. Sure, that's a bad loss, but like. Why would they be like, why are they behind LSU? Let alone, why are they behind Alabama? Like, what is Alabama? Alabama is the most frustrating one in the country. What have they done? 
Yeah. Like, what is the what is the resume you're leaning on for Alabama? Like, <laughs> they, they beat, beat Ole Miss beat by Texas. six points. Everybody keeps ranking Texas for some reason, and they beat them. That's good. Seven That's a ranked four win. Texas. Fucking like, yeah, they they beat Texas and they beat Ole Miss, and like they have a quality win against Mississippi State and a quality win against Arkansas. That's their whole resume, dude. Jesus, they Christ. lost to the two teams that are in the top 20 that they've played yeah uh yeah they stink like they are not anywhere near the level required that you would need to be at to be in this in contention for this they should not be a top uh, i mean they really honestly in a just world would not need to be a top 10 team there just aren't enough teams to put no. ahead of them but like top eighth really eighth for nothing <laughs> They haven't done anything. It's embarrassing. It's a, <laughs> I have them. Yeah. I mean, like, it's just even just who they're ahead of. It's, it's like, like I don't even say the ranking spot is that crazy far off. Like, I'd probably have them ninth or 10th at this point. Yeah. Uh, just based on the fact that Penn State, Washington, Oregon, those teams haven't beat anybody either. Yeah. Uh, and have some head-to-head losses that are tough. But, like, you know, it, having them where they're at ahead of the teams they're ahead of is an absolute embarrassment. I, I think yeah. it's so ridiculous. Uh, and I know it's just it's getting angry over nothing because these rankings are just like it's just the committee ad hoc deciding what they want. Yeah, they're but like they're doing there a, is, they're doing a just kidding post. They're doing a <laughs> they're just you know they're doing like an extremely inflammatory statement and then at the end just just kidding. Uh, that is sort yeah. of what the what the playoff is all about. It's so fucking annoying. And like I, I guess the reason I bitch about this stuff is like the argument you can make is at the end of the season on Selection Sunday they have got the top four right. I would say every time. Maybe once they got it wrong, I think when they let in Ohio State in 20, uh, was that 2016 uh, or whatever it was, yeah. uh, maybe should probably shouldn't have gotten in, whatever. But like there was that one loss, like there are only four one loss teams in the country. Yeah. Like so it goes sometimes. Right? Yeah, I, I like, personally, I probably would have put Penn State in over that Ohio State team just because I like to watch good games instead of bad ones. But yeah. that's, I, but I, I, I can, get, I can understand how you get there. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And either one of those teams is losing to Clemson. Yeah. You could argue Ohio State, like that. Penn State win was a, a pretty fluky win for Penn State on the road. Whatever, not the point, not the point. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Look, like the committee's gotten it right almost every time, but but they have been very wrong on the margins and on mid-level rankings plenty of times. And when you get to the point where you're now ranking, you they are going to have to pick twelve teams to go to the playoff uh, and rank them in an order that really matters with home games and seeing the line. Like their process being so shitty and stupid does matter a lot. It's yeah. very important. Yeah, I think it also uh, probably matters the fact that they have. I mean, they the the discourse well was poisoned well before the playoff, but like they are so they are so tied to discourse. They are so tied to like narrative about conferences, right? Like we talk about the American all the time, but it's 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 the same with the SEC. It's the same with like they are wedded to the idea that the Big Ten and the SEC are destined to be the top two conferences that they have to be the top two conferences that the american has to be the top g5 conference and so like it shows up in these rankings obviously the fact that lsu is fucking fifth and alabama's eighth and like all that shit um and, and like that is it's important now for discourse sake but like that will be actually important here in a couple of years that they have you know a lot of interest in two or even three SEC teams that they have a lot of interest in the SEC always being a home game for the for the first round or, or getting a bye or whatever or both you know having a team get a bye and then also having a team with a home game like that it will matter more the fact that their uh, their 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 you know process is very much 
I think, almost exclusively defined by bias. It's almost exclusively defined yeah. by fucking the, narrative. They have a preconceived narrative they then pick things to pick, right? Yeah. Like, there's no way if you actually look at the games played by the AAC as opposed to, to the uh, the Sunbelt Conference, you come away with the conclusion that the Sunbelt is worse than the AAC. There's yeah. no way you could think that. Yeah, I, I think... Uh, if it, you like, actually cared about football. Yeah, I think if you're going to do the uh, the quaint, like, you know, how we used to do it with picking bowl games and then picking a champion where they're just the fucking AP poll gets to do it, if you're going to do that, you just have, you have to do this the bowl games then. It has to be lower stakes. But if you're going to do this shit where it's a huge television product with billions of dollars and it's, you know, the end-all, be-all, this is, we're going to decide it for good, you should have some sort of process that isn't just fucking narrative. That's stupid. It's <laughs> a yeah. stupid way to do things. That's how we had to and do things the- in like 1960 because we couldn't watch the fucking games. Yeah, it's ridiculous, man. And I mean, like, obviously, like, it's part of who's on the committee, right? Like, the fact that you you have so many, like, just random, uh, just random people who are, like, related to like mm-hmm. a school with no real experience, like, just a couple athletic directors and former players yeah, what, and former coaches. What is their who, like, qualification? Like, what, 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 yeah. how are we to assume that these people are watching anything but their own team? Why would they be doing that? Right. Like, and also like they have, this is a, like, this is a serious position to have. Like it should not be some guy's part-time hobby on the weekends. He goes and watches games in a big room with his friends. And then he gets that, like, this is a, like a serious role. They should be hiring people full-time to do this stuff. Yeah. Like if you want to hire former 80s or former coaches, put them on this, like, that's cool. But like, that should be their job. Like you shouldn't be a guy who has a, like, do you think Ward Manuel or or Tom Berman or, or Mitch Barnhart are like really putting their full mental energy into like this job on playoff Saturdays, like they have a million other things going on. They have an athletic yeah. department to run. This is not what they care about. Yeah. Like it's this, it's the same problem. We have like the coaches poll where of course the actual coaches don't really vote. Their interns are doing it. Like I'm sure these guys get into a room together once a week. That's cool. But they are not really doing, uh, they're not doing their job. Well, it's no. ridiculous. It, yeah. yeah it's it, very ridiculous. It's like, it should absolutely be like a hired for role. You need to be qualified and to prove that you are willing to commit the time needed and, you know, you have research assistants and shit like that. Like, it should need to be an actual thing. I feel like we take it more seriously than they do, which is troubling because it's worth a lot of fucking money. I feel like they should care more about it than they do. I don't really understand yeah. why they have treated it as like, well, let's just put some guy on it. Well, uh, I mean, yeah, otherwise, yeah, guy, yeah just going to do it. Just let just let Steve Wiltfong and Pat McAfee pick the teams. If you just want to go off like yeah. recruiting rankings and gambling on, just let those guys do it. Who cares? Like, yeah. that's it's it's probably better than what we're doing now. Like if this is what if this is the bullshit we're gonna get. Like yeah. Uh, but it's annoying, man. I'm really annoyed. Like I, like you have to have real people, um, real people doing this, uh, and, and like people who actually have a stake in this. People who have who have care about college football, who love college football and have knowledge about college football, not these dipshits they have doing it right now. Yeah. Uh, it's going to matter a lot as we get further into it. I don't know even how we got into this ramp, by the way. I'm uh, not sure how we got here. Just the, um, the, the, my complaint about wanting more of these games to matter than they do. But it, yeah, yeah. I, I think that it's, I think that it's fair. And I think that it is, um, it, uh, we had to get this off our chest cause I'm sick of this shit. I see it every week and I'm always just annoyed by it. <laughs> This is this is fucking stupid. This is stupid how we do this. Yeah, um, it sucks. I mean, right. we should just be. I, I think what we're, we're we've talked about. I know we did it once together, Patrick, previously about uh, doing an actual committee ranking process. Yeah. Was that in that the offseason we did that, or was that last? Was that last year? I think that was when last. Do that? I think that was last season before the conference championship games. Maybe I don't remember exactly when we, we did that. It's 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 insane to think about us having the amount of time needed to do that this year. Yeah, obviously, writing the whole website's a lot different, but I don't know, maybe like, 
Maybe I don't know. One. It might be fun. For, what, might, what might be fun for us to do as a side project? Because after conference champion, like once they actually pick the field or whatever, yeah. we should try to pick a 12 team playoff for a podcast episode. And that, that goes to the process fun. we're talking about with yeah. people who we think are smart. Yeah. That'd be cool. Or just um, you and me do it. That's also a possibility. Well, <laughs> yeah, we could. Yeah. Probably just you and me just <laughs> yeah. instead of organizing, you know, eight people to come yeah. join us. That sounds much yeah, better. That's good. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll look into that. Anyway, Thursday, November 24th, Guantanamo Bay game is the only game here. Uh, it's the Egg Bowl, Mississippi State it'll miss 7 p.m on espn um i don't really think i need to sell this one this is the game where you 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 know are going to go into a food coma and have some some beverages of some sort and you're going to watch it and it's going to be really fun i don't think i need to sell this as a football game they both score a lot of points um it's the egg bowl you're going to watch it i i i we've talked about this game at least briefly this year i just really love this game i'm i'm i really consistently really really enjoy this football game i'm glad that it is on when it's on i'm glad that it is how it is um i'm not going to do like the mysticism about how it's some sort of like mythical oh there's always something crazy happening in the egg bowl like it probably won't be that but i don't know it's fun it's a fun game i'm glad that it exists uh are we both agree that we're rooting for mississippi state here I don't really think I'm rooting for anybody. I think I'm just sort of enjoying mm-hmm. myself. I, I, I don't really, I don't really like Mississippi State. I think I'm rooting for Ole Miss out of spite more than anything else because I don't really. Okay. Ole Miss is not going to impact anything by winning this game. It's not going to like damage you know anybody yeah, else. It's, un- it's more right. just. Like, I guess. I, I, I guess like unfortunately, like they're just get, whichever team wins this game will just be ranked. Yeah. Um. Which sucks. I guess I was just kind of hoping to knock out Alabama's only ranked win, but I guess that won't really go that way. Or it, won't, it won't happen that way. Yeah, they would just swap um, them out. It's 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 fucking whack a mole with these guys because it is like as soon as you not as you beat one of the other, I'm surprised they didn't rank fucking Arkansas or South Carolina. Oh, uh, I was saying they're going to rank. I expected to rank South Carolina. I'm shocked they didn't. I'm yeah. sure they. I'm sure they uh, can try and find a way back to it. Um, yeah, but uh, as a as a pure football game, I mean, this is really fun. This is. Uh, this is sort of the indulgence game. This is the the sloth game where you just sort of sit back and let yourself luxuriate in whatever you have done uh, earlier in the day. And um, this is uh, I, I would describe this as a uh, like th- this is the drunk game, right? This is the game that you drink that you get drunk and then watch. I think it's uh, that's good. That's fine. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. Ain't nothing wrong. It with is that always at one all. of the best Twitter nights of the year too, yes. because like there's almost there's like one guy in the media who. who people know that's like attached to either one of these schools. So there's really like no, no one you're leaning on super heavily for coverage. There's no like rooting interest for most of us. We're all just like, none of us like the NFL that much in college football, Twitter, or at least most of the normal ones. So it's just like a lot of guys who love college football, who are all drunk, who have all been eating all day and are kind of like a little bit tired of family interactions after 12 hours of it. Yeah. That are just like, you know, using Twitter as a refuge to talk about one game with like no stakes. It's it's no impact in the playoff. It's just a fun game. It's just a fun time on, on social media. We'll be going on the boards about it, I'm sure too. Our message will be popping off, so yeah. that'll be fun. Yeah, it's it's uh, one I'm of the only one of the only times in the regular season where you have everyone focused on a singular event in a singular game. Yeah, you usually have. It's like, like the open. It's like that Sunday of Labor Day weekend's the same thing. Yes, you know? yeah, because you usually have like you know there's there's 500 different things happening and 500 people posting about different things uh whereas yeah. like this is just a a focused fucking beam of energy on this game and it's it's very very good i really like it uh friday friday guantanamo bay game is tulane at cincinnati noon on abc this one is 
um, seemingly Huge. for the New Year's Six bid, I guess, still, uh, even though UCF lost to uh, Navy. Again, Navy? They lost well, to Navy? Well, I, I wouldn't say it's definitively for the for the G for it, the uh, I, Six bid. I would it, say that it is. Based on UCF still being ranked and Tulane and Cincinnati, I think, also being in there, I would say that the winner here is going to go to the conference championship game and beat UCF. Um, I, I, I think that... Well, UCF beat both of these teams, dude. Uh huh. And then it lost to Navy. I, I don't. I don't. I really... get that. I get that. I'm not saying. Look, I'm not. I'm not here to defend UCF's honor. You don't. Have to, you don't have to convince me to shit on UCF. I'm just saying. I don't think it's like cut. And, I don't think too late. I don't think any team in the AAC is very impressive this year. Yeah. I think all of these teams are pretty mid. And any result between Tulane, Cincinnati, or UCF winning the conference would not surprise me. Yeah. I uh, So as for this game, then, I'm going to be honest. I, I know that I have been more positive on Cincinnati than probably is deserved this year because their offense is not great. Um, they did give some playing time to Evan Prater this past weekend. I'm curious to see if yeah. that continues. Um, I think Cincinnati's just probably kind of going to uh, bludgeon them here. I don't think it's going to be a blowout or anything. I don't think that Cincinnati is really doing that this year. But I just don't think Tulane has the guys to hold up. I think Cincinnati is so much yeah. more talented than Tulane is. And, and ultimately, as fun a story as Tulane has been this year, I've still not been like impressed with them. I've still not seen a Tulane game and thought, wow, these guys are really good. It's more just, yep, they won. <laughs> these guys won, that's for sure. But like, they're not really... They're not good enough at any one thing to convince me that they could win a, kind of, uh, a game like this against a, a team that is still the I mean the most talented team bar none in the American and still a team that is well coached and still a team that that is you know playing really good defense and I just I don't know if Tulane has the guys to handle that yeah I agree with you um I understand 100% what you're saying I think that hmm, I guess I would say the difference that I feel right now is that Tulane at this point in the season is getting more out of the guys they have than Cincinnati is which is I think a function of Cincinnati continuing to play Ben Bryant I know you mentioned Evan Prater did play but like as long as Ben Bryant is on the field and starting for Cincinnati, then I think this team is intentionally, lim- not intentionally, but is limiting its own ceiling in a way it's very frustrating. And I think like Cincinnati, if they are, are playing well, if they're executing well, is better than Tulane, but is less likely to do so than Tulane is, uh, what, we, what we've seen lately. Yeah, I think that's Which, fair. I, I think Tulane's baseline is probably higher this year. Uh, that, that, yeah. that would be... I think that would be Which fair. Which sucks because that's not a fickle team. Fickle's always getting the most out of these guys. But yeah. this year, just like his stubbornness to commit to Ben Bryant is very frustrating. I think that they um, are also bumping up against just how young this roster is, right? Like they've yeah, made, yeah. they have made a lot of young roster mistakes here. And they have parts of the roster that aren't so young, but it still permeates when you have that many new guys on your, on your, you know, in your rotation, it's still, it can be a penalty issue. It can be a discipline issue. It can be something that I'm sure they've been bumping up against this year. Um, I think this is going to be a fun game though. I'm I'm looking forward to this. Credit also to the program building strategy here. Like the reason, like when you build successfully through recruiting at the high school level, you may not be like, like Cincinnati has not really been aggressive in the transfer portal. They have not really done it very much. Uh, which means like they probably don't have the ability to like every single year we're going to be 12 and 0 in the AAC. Uh, but like they are like by recruiting ex- almost exclusively in high school, they are setting a floor of going nine and three every year. Like this team with the talent they have, the way Fickle recruits will never be worse than nine and three in the AAC, yeah, uh, which is the, impressive. And I think team. a really good year for him. And like, you might have some young teams that fuck up, but it's also going to mean you're consistent year after year and you're building something yeah. as opposed to like, 
striking iron, you know, you know stri- striking what's hot one year and getting like a, a good transfer and going 12 and 0 and then falling to six and six the next year, like Michigan State does. You have nobody on the roster. Yeah. So, I, I, and I think credit that to UC, credit to Fickle. I think yeah. that'll probably translate pretty well to the Big 12 as well. I, I think that they are probably yeah. going to be um, like a good version of what Iowa State does. Like, if what Iowa State does was uh, good instead of bad, like, <laughs> what if we had talent and guys who were good instead of guys who weren't good? Yeah, what if we had a better uh, coach and better players yeah. <laughs> and we were like better in game decisions yeah. and we yeah. developed them better? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going to be sort of a, an Iowa State style, style situation, except good. Like, what if Iowa State was mm-hmm. good instead of bad at what he was doing? <laughs> um, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. That, it's kind of like that. Yeah, absolutely agree <laughs> with that. I'll also say just, just at this point, I mean, Tulane, I did not think they were going to do this credit to them for a really really impressive season i was not psyched about that offensive coordinator hire um i'm still not super psyched about that offensive yeah, you coordinator were wrong hire, dude. you should be arrested but, uh, but they have uh, they've pulled it together here i think they were a lot of they had a lot of one score losses last year and they have just sort of turned those in the other, other direction and they uh, all the hallmarks of a, a, an experienced, good coaching staff, and I think that that's what they have there. Uh, most wanted. We have three games. We're going to start at noon. Uh, we don't have this one, the Friday games, broken down by by time segment because there just aren't enough games to justify it. So noon yeah. on ESPN, we have Baylor at Texas. Uh, Big 12 game with Texas needing to win to stay alive and then waiting for the Saturday evening slate to see if Kansas can beat Kansas State, basically, is, is the situation for Texas, right? Correct. Yeah, nothing on the line for Baylor or Texas. I mean, except just pride. Uh, Texas needs this win to stay alive. If, if Texas loses, uh, Kansas will have nothing to play for and will already be locked into the to the title game. I Kansas believe. State. Yeah. Um, Kansas State. Thank you. Sorry, I'm like a little sloppy here this morning. Yeah. Um, yeah. So so yeah, pretty much that's the size of it. Um, I, I I don't know. I'm curious to see this one. I think obviously it's not like Baylor's going to lay down just because they don't have to play for. I mean, it's a team that doesn't really play that way. Um, they've also been pretty shitty though. So we'll see. I'm, I'm curious to see what they have cooked up. Uh, Texas has also not been very impressive. The overall of this one's 56. I, I feel like you should be hammering that under with how inconsistent Texas offense has been the last few weeks. Uh, Baylor has been scoring a bit and their defense is not exactly lighting the world on fire, but I mean, Texas cannot find its ass from a hole in the ground right now with all these five stars. It's unbelievable. Yeah, um, I am really. I know they just, I know they just hung it on Kansas, but like this offense has sucked for weeks before that. Yeah. And it's not even, that's the thing is like, inconsistency includes scoring 55 against Kansas. That's part of right. being inconsistent. You have to, there has to be good for you to be inconsistent because it can't just be, if it's just all bad, then that's consistent. It's just consistently bad. Um, right. That has been the thing with Texas is like, yeah, the bursts are really good. They're just not there as much as they need to be. Um, Baylor, I'm interested in here because I, I think that they, I, I don't think that they will lay down or anything like that. Like you said, that's not really how this program is is built. That has not been their ethos. But I do wonder at least a little bit about the whole um, losing an upset bid against a playoff team on the last second on a hurry up uh, field goal. Yeah, might be kind week, of yeah. kind, might be kind of demoralizing. Might be kind of demoralizing to have suffered through that. And so I'm interested to see what this game looks like for Baylor. I'm interested to see what it looks like for Texas because Texas has stuff to play for, but that has not mattered in the past. Texas had things to play for in all four of its losses this season. It's not like they just, oh, well, I guess we got nothing left. We might as well go, might as well lose, you know? Like, they, they, it has not really impacted them a whole lot this year to have things that they are playing for. They've been sort of ambivalent to it. Um, and so I'm interested to see if they are, like, actually up for the situation. It would be nice to see Texas actually up for the situation as a favorite here at some point, right? Like, I, I don't... I feel like they've not done that a whole lot where they have been favored and they needed to go win a game and they just don't. 
Like we talk about with Florida State doing this, about, you know, rebounding and winning the games that you're supposed to win. Texas has not done that yet. Texas has not done that consistently in the way that you would want to see from them. This is the kind of game that a good program should win if you are Texas. You should win this game, and then you should, you know, wait and see on Saturday night. At least put the pressure on Kansas State, though. Like, that's that's what I want to see from Texas. Put the pressure on. I want to see you win a fucking game that you are supposed to win. I get that the Kansas game, they just did that, but... Win one with people watching. That's that's sort of what I'm, what I'm interested in here. Uh, 4 p.m. on the Big Ten Network, Nebraska at Iowa. This one matters because it will decide the Big Ten West, right? At least if Iowa wins, they will win the Big Ten West. Um, as a football game itself, I don't know that I can sell it much. I don't think it's going to be. I don't think it's going to be super compelling football, but it does matter for the sake of the Big Ten West because we will get to know um, potentially which team will be sacrificed to the winner of Ohio State Michigan. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, I guess I'm curious to watch it just for that reason alone, but I don't think it'll be a compelling game, I guess. I mean, I don't know. Nebraska's offense that looked a lot more dangerous early in the season has really slowed down. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like, I, I think, I think Iowa probably just wins this game like 19 to six or something like horrendous like that. Just like an, an, an ugly score that you're watching. Like how the fuck do they get there? Uh, <laughs> kind of one of those ones. I mean, I'll check it out. This game's, I don't know. It matters at least. I guess I prefer to see Iowa lose and see Purdue go to the Big Ten championship, um, just for a little variety of opponent. Yeah. Right. Like I, I mean, seeing Iowa go back to back, knowing what they've already gotten, they've already lost to both potential yes. East contenders, and like weren't close. I would just, and weren't close in either game. Yeah. Really. Well, yeah. they were they were close against Michigan, but they I don't know about either. that. I think they would have needed <laughs> to get into the end zone to be close against Michigan, and that was not going to happen. Um, yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll see. But uh, yeah. I don't know. I'm just kidding, mostly. But yeah, I would prefer to see Purdue or Illinois go. Obviously, which is our, Illinois still is alive, by the way. Also, we forgot about that. Yeah. Uh, if both Purdue, if both Purdue and Iowa shit their pants and Illinois goes, that would rock. I would that love would to see be, that. That would be really good. I don't. I don't expect that because that would require so much. We are asking so much of Nebraska and Indiana, which are not two programs yeah. you want to be asking a lot of this year. Um, but, boy, <laughs> that would be nice. I would I would enjoy yeah, that. But, that but no, no, no other real thoughts in this game. Just, I mean, it's it's the, the nadir of Spencer Petras, I guess, right? It's the end of his career yeah. at Iowa. So if you want to see him go out in his shield, throwing three interceptions, great game to watch for that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> our last game I most wanted. That? Yeah, our last game I most wanted is Florida at Florida State, which is at 7.30 on ABC. Um, not a ton. Obviously, like there's just nothing on the line here. Uh, I, I guess like Billy Napier could maybe get some goodwill among his fans if uh, if he wins this game and, yeah. and, and Orvel could blow some with his if he loses this game. Uh, but I think Florida State's going to crush Florida. I think Florida sucks. Anthony Richardson called his shot. I don't know if you saw this. He no. called a win in this game. Oh, my God, dude. Uh, you're 6-5. and five. You can't be doing that. <laughs> You, you just lost, can... a, brother. You just lost to Vanderbilt. What do you mean? <laughs> yeah, it's That's just awesome. it's very embarrassing to be doing. It could not be doing that. That's awesome. Um, I yeah. The, as the, for the game itself, I think Florida State's going to roll. I do want to talk to you briefly because I don't think we've done this this year, uh, and I have seen it so much. Um, it's very funny to me the idea that uh, Billy Napier has a year zero, or that he, you know everybody's just going to be very patient with Billy Napier or that, that he's, you know, he's building this the right way. The idea of that that came entirely from Billy Napier saying it in the offseason, um, that Billy Napier coming out at press conferences and saying, you know, it's going to take a minute. The recruiting is going to need to pick up all that shit. Like, 
What, what do you think that, why do you think that matters? Why do so many people think that that matters? You can't just do that. You can't just say, oh, I have more security. No. <laughs> what are you talking about? Ridiculous. What are you people talking about? Yeah, Willie Napier really came out and set the tone. No, he didn't. They don't get to do that. Coaches don't get to decide if they are fired or not. That is not how the sport works. If people, if you if you start your your career at Florida six and six, people are going to be rightfully upset about that. You're at fucking Florida. You don't get to pick your own spot at Florida. You don't get to come in and say, oh, it's going to be a multi-year rebuild. What are you talking about? USC might go to the playoff. What are you fucking talking about? Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's it's crazy. It's crazy how much I have seen of like people defending Billy Napier for you know oh he said he did things the right way this offseason he made sure that everybody knew it was going to take time. People he hired co- a bunch of analysts. Yeah, like yeah coaches cool. are awesome. coaches are I think probably in general hopeful that fans will give them more time. Saying that is not going to make it so. It's no, not. It's it actually going to probably yeah. actively harm your chances of it. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't because you were calculated. Did not earn you points in some way. You need yeah. to win football games. That's your job. You're a fucking football coach in the SEC. You can't just say, "Oh, I mean, it's going to take yeah, a minute." He, he had the twelfth most talented roster in college football coming into this year. I mean, he has more. <laughs> he has more roster talent than Florida State. He has more roster talent than Tennessee. He's more roster talent than Ole Miss. Like, there, there's no reason to be doing this other than like you just didn't coach it well enough. Like, you have that. Like. Say what you I, I know we dog and they were interested a lot, but like you can't say that guy doesn't have the tools to be successful, right? Obviously, there is a ton of if you coach him well, that guy could be a great quarterback. Like there, like there are a lot of players in that roster who could be really good if they develop them better, if they deployed them better, but they're not capable of doing that because they're bad. It seems like they're bad coaches so far. Like they don't look like they are up for the job, right? They're not, they're not, they can't hang. And, uh, and it's also like we even, I mean, they took a fucking transfer quarterback. They took in Jack Miller from Ohio State. It's not like they couldn't have gone into the portal if they didn't like Anthony Richardson. There's no, that any sort of argument about a year zero situation at a school like this, a school of this level, is, I think, out of the question at this point. I don't think there's any reason for that to happen anymore. I think that it should be talked about the same way as we talk about Miami, where it's a colossal failure. You have no reason yes. to be limited talent-wise for what fits your system in year one. There's no, there's no reason to do that. You can go and get. Yep. You can just pick fucking players out of the portal. There's nothing stopping you from doing that. Yeah, uh, I hate it. I, I, I can't stand. I can't stand that kind of narrative speaking. I hope he gets his ass kicked in this game because I think the way he's handled, the way he's handled Florida State or Florida rather, has been very annoying to watch early on. Uh, as opposed to a guy like Mike Norvell, who, who, I mean, like on the other side of this rivalry, came in and acknowledged the problems he was facing, right? He didn't bitch about the situation. He was like, yeah, look, like we are Florida State. We have to be good. Like if I like, I have to win games, like, he's, he's spoken publicly about it. Like that's his expectation. I think everyone would have known, like if he would not have won nine games this year, he would have been fired, right? Like that's yeah. that's a reasonable expectation for him too. Uh, because that's like when you come into a school like this, you are capable of immediate success and you should find immediate success. Yeah. The rest of it's your fault. Yeah, if you I, don't I, win, it's on you. You have every resource. They've given him an unlimited budget. Uh, win games or you suck. That's, yeah. the, that's the answer. Yeah, I would feel, I mean, and then we'll, we'll move on, but like I would feel kind of insulted by this if I was a Florida booster or fan, right? Like I would feel sort of like my intelligence was being, you know, like insulted that you're saying you can't win in year one at I'm watching Florida state go nine and three. I'm watching LSU go to the sec championship game. Florida state's not in year one, but like I'm watching us. I'm, I'm watching LSU go to the sec championship game. I'm watching USC go to the PAC 12 championship game. And maybe the playoff I'm watching fucking TCU is undefeated under Sonny Dykes. TCU is undefeated. They have not lost. <laughs> They're fourth in the country. It's year one. 
They were bad last yeah. year. They were really bad. Yeah. I don't think they were a bowl team last year. Like, uh, it, it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be that hard. It really should not be that hard that you can't go. You can't. You can't win eight games. Eight games is too much to ask. I, I, with an NFL prospect at quarterback, who they those guys some for some reason still like. I, I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't think that. I don't think that just saying it is going to offer you the same sort of security that he thinks it's going to give him just because he has wooed certain member, members of the media, right? Like those guys, their, their, their impact only goes so far with this sort of thing. And I think that, uh, I think Billy should start winning some games. I, I would recommend that he win some games pretty early on next year because this has not been good. This has not been a good year one from him. Um, no, yeah. fl- no fly list. NC State at North Carolina, three thirty on ABC. Nothing, no, no, no importance here, but could be, yeah, a, could be a, a, a fun enough watch, I guess. Uh, yeah, if Nebraska Iowa was pretty terrible, you have this to flip to because the other game, the other no fly list game in this afternoon window is UCLA at California at four thirty on Fox. And, yeah. Uh, look, pretty funny, I guess, that UCLA Cal got the Fox slot, and Nebraska Iowa got Big Ten Network. <laughs> Yeah, uh, unclear why they did mean. that. <laughs> I don't really know why because like Nebraska Iowa objectively is it should have more viewers on a serious network and like is the better more important fo- not baby I mean I think it's a more important football game. Yeah, really weird. I don't really get that at all, but whatever, not my job. Maybe it's um, a, maybe it was a thing of like you know, if if uh if UCLA Cal wasn't on Fox, it was going to be on the Pac-12 network and so somebody just wanted to pick it up. I don't I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah, look, the way the way to handle this day, just if we can if we can paint a picture of the day for you is, look, you're going to be hung over Friday morning, right? You're going to drink for Thanksgiving, probably if you're listening to this. Yeah. Wake up early Friday, go hit a little like workout or something to clear the hangover and clear the turkey out of your ass. <laughs> and uh, then you're going to come back. You're going to watch Tulane at Cincy, check in on Baylor at Texas, take a little nap, take a little nap, feel a little bit better. Watch the second half for Nebraska, Iowa, if it's close, or if not, just check out NC State or or UCLA. And then uh, for the night games, go watch Florida, Florida State. And, and then our last game here is Wyoming at Fresno State at 10 o'clock on FS1. Yeah. That's the day. It's Friday. It's Black Friday. Do a little shopping. Do what you got to do. Just take it easy. Watch some football. Just chill out. Yeah. The uh, the morning gym, home, shower, and then having like an early afternoon, like as these games, the noon games are kicking off, uh, leftover sandwich, and then watching those yeah. games. Oh, and elite, then, dude. And then taking a nap. I'm, like, I'm having two to three leftover sandwiches. Oh, yeah. I'm not just having oh, one. Yeah. I'm like, I'm going gym, shower, sandwich, football, sandwich, nap, yes. sandwich, football, <laughs> yeah. sandwich. I'm eating an unbelievable <laughs> number of sandwiches. It's it's really, I mean, dude, there's, there's fun, not to, how do you, how do you construct yours? Let's hear this. I know uh, we're not trying to be one of the epic food guys on our yeah. podcast here, but how do you, how do you do your Thanksgiving leftover sandwich? I'm trying to remember exactly how I do it. I think it's turkey stuffing. I have mine off rip if you want. I yeah. think it's turkey. I think, I think it's turkey stuffing, uh, mashed potatoes, gravy, um, and then I do a like a slice of mac and cheese on the side. Uh, I think oh, is, is usually okay. is usually how I go with it because I do the baked mac and cheese, uh, and it it is very good leftover as well. Um, but that's that awesome. is that's usually what I go with. Maybe some green bean casserole on the side as well. But I like to keep the sandwich pretty pretty minimalist and pretty uh, pretty yeah. pretty strict to the core concept, and then just some like butter on the bread or something. Yeah, I'm going, I am likewise going with butter on the outside of the bread. Yes. I'll tell you why in a second. Hitting it with the mashed potatoes of the base layer, then stuffing, then turkey, then gravy on it. You got to put the gravy in the sandwich. Yep. Then I am uh, putting it in the panini press. We're getting that crisp on the outside mm. edge with the butter on it. We're getting a nice crisp butter outside edge. And then I'm getting a little more gravy on the side to dip the sandwich into it. Oh, yeah. 
Dude, um, Thanksgiving is are, so yeah. fucking good. What a good holiday. Dude, it's the best. It's the it's best, the best one. Holiday one. Year. You got to give it, it up. It's, it's easily the best, the best one. one. It's not even close. <laughs> <laughs> it's so fucking oh, good. Man. What a good holiday. Just the one where you eat a whole bunch of the best food in the world. That's uh, that's some good shit. That's a very good shit. Good shit right there. Oh, yeah. I am a, uh, personally, I am a proponent of, and this, maybe this is not popular. Maybe this, the mainstream media doesn't want you to know about this one. Um, I don't mind a cold leftover sandwich. I think they're pretty good. I think that the, the stuff mm. becomes, I think the, the stuff becomes very sort of savory and nice when it is left cold sometimes. And so I'll, I'll do that. I don't really like cold food. I'm kind of out on cold yeah, food. Yeah, it's not for everybody. Large. But I, uh, I mean, I also, I prefer cold pizza to warm pizza. So I'm, 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 on, uh, I'm yeah, on the extreme. I'm on the extreme for this one. Sort of thing but uh i guess the only cold foods i want like besides desserts are yogurt and deli sandwiches and pretty much yeah. every i guess salads yeah, sort of cold yeah you salad, don't want a but... hot salad <laughs> that's not what you're looking for <laughs> yeah dude i'm so excited for it it's the fucking it's the best yeah. um all right saturday noon uh it's the Abu grape game of the century this is the i mean this is the whole fucking season this is what we've been building towards uh this is what our entire website is about we made a whole website for this goddamn football game uh like two yeah. uh, like it's like, like it's 2007 and you have game specific websites being made um michigan at ohio state on fox it's at noon it's the game. Uh, it's it's the it's the big one. We have um we we have a full episode uh, up on both this feed and the premium feed, uh of you and friend of the show Thixtauskas arguing your way through this game that I think was really really, uh much more in depth and and much more valuable than anything we can do in this short period of time. Um we also yeah. of course have High Street Freaks. We have Bucket Problem. We have all of our written stuff. Yeah. Um. Is there gonna be there's gonna be a written there's like a tete a tete between uh Ace. Ace Ambender and Kevin Harris coming to the website too, like a yes. take and counter take article. Yeah, the I am. Uh, as, after we record this here on Wednesday, you're going to hear this on Thursday. I am um, writing up scheme standouts for both Ohio State and Michigan. Of uh, not, it's not going to be like a comprehensive scheme uh, breakdown or anything like that. It's more just like here's some cool shit these teams have done this year, or some things that might be important, or things of that nature. Um, which I can't believe I'm saying, but uh, Cade Stover is featured in one of them plays, which I never thought that I would admit that I would publicly admit that I think that they did a good thing with Cade Stover, but uh, yeah, they did something people cool. Forget with, yeah, that they did something cool with Cade Stover. For- people forget that it's better to be a Gronk on a farm than a farmer trying to be Gronk. That's right. You know? Yeah, they always say that. That's uh, I think that's in the Farmer's Almanac, actually. Um, so uh, this, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a temperature check here for you, and then I will, I think for the first time ever, I will make my thoughts on the game actually known. Um, Let's go. How are you? It's, it's Wednesday right now at... Uh, what is it? Twelve local time? Is that right? It's eleven a.m. Eleven a.m. Eastern. It is uh eleven a.m. Eastern in New York. It is it is one p.m. in Buenos Aires. Okay. Um, yeah, the sun is shining. The birds are chirping. I have been. It's like eighty-five degrees every day here right oh now. But God. I've been walking around. I, yeah, it's beautiful. But <laughs> I've been walking around in like uh, sweatshirts inside my like Ohio State <laughs> sweatshirts inside my house just to get the to get the mind right for yeah. this game. Yeah. Um, look. I feel confident. I really do. I, I think that like there is, I'm not saying there's not a path for Michigan to win this game. I think it's be a fool to say that a, a top, a clear top five team in college football has no path to win. Obviously there is a game state where Michigan is capable of winning this game, but I think anyone who's objectively watched these two teams has to acknowledge that Ohio state should be the heavy favorite to win at this point. Um, the things Michigan does 
Even if, okay, even if you are being generous and assume you have a fully healthy 100% Blake Quorum in this game, or a Blake Quorum capable of effectively running the things they want to run. Yeah. Michigan, the way they beat Ohio State last year, I do not think can do it the same way. I, I believe everything I've seen on the field from Ohio State tells me that run defense is fixed. The defensive line is much more improved. They're much more physical. The linebackers actually have run fits. They're not losing the point of attack. There's been no one that's like run on them successfully all season, really. Like the best we're talking about is like, you know, Northwestern running for 210 yards on 65 carries or whatever it was. Like there's not actually been a successful running attack that's like hurt Ohio State, that's gashed Ohio State. I don't see it happening on Saturday. Um, I think especially if Quorum's injured. Uh, Whenever with him and Edwards both out last Saturday against Illinois, uh, in the second half, they averaged, uh, I think it was like 3.7 yards per play. Uh, their their yards per play and and yards per carry would have ranked 130th and 129th in the FBS in the season and what they did in the second half against Illinois. Yeah. Like it was a really bad half for them. Um, very sloppy half. And they don't have a passing attack. Uh, that is their biggest issue. They cannot pass the football. I think Michigan has a very good defense. I think the only they have the game breakers of last year. There's no Aiden Hutcher. There's no David Ajabo. There's no Daxton Hill even. Like they have a good, solid defense that's very disciplined, very sound. Um, but much like Iowa experienced, there was no individual player who could make plays happen uh, whenever Ohio State was getting to their shit. Like there's no pass rusher who's just going to win all the time. There's no guy who's just going to make plays in the secondary against CJ Stroud's throws. Like they have a bunch of solid players who are going to go to the NFL. But none of them are special. None of them are guys who can change a football game. And I just don't see the difference makers. I don't see like what where this is coming from for Michigan, the point that they're going to they're going to knock Ohio State out. I think it has to be something like a plus three turnover margin for Michigan or a significant injury to either Marvin Harrison or CJ Stroud for Ohio State. Like the, the path for Michigan, I think, is so narrow to win this game. It's hard for me to see it happening realistically, but it does exist. It does exist. I'm curious about a couple things here. Uh, on that side of the ball, on the Michigan defense against Ohio State offense, I'm interested to see Ohio State run the football or try to run the football. Um, that would be the thing here for Ohio State that I don't feel amazing about. And I know Dallin Hayden just did what he did and all that. Um, Michigan, I think, does a good job against the run. I, I don't think that Michigan is going to be a team that you can just you know, base play with a true freshman running back, uh, consistently. I, I don't, I don't know if I trust that that's going to work. Um, and you know, Mayan Williams, I suppose might be healthy. I suppose or healthy enough. Travion Henderson. I don't know what the situation is. We're not going to know. Henderson's actual... going to be benched. I, I would say. Yeah. Henderson also, is, yeah, he's, he's also, yeah. Having him is not beneficial. I don't think <laughs> as it is, as, yes. as it is currently constructed. So I don't know. I exactly expect Williams the, to play. Yeah, and we'll see how healthy he is, how much he can actually go. Um, the rushing attack would be the thing that I am, I am at least moderately worried about because we have seen Ohio State's offense, not often, but we have seen it sometimes slowed by defenses that can that can take away the rushing attack and force it into being an, an air raid team or something adjacent to an air raid team because for as much as Ryan Day has built his program around developing and, and sending quarterbacks to the NFL, um, he's not super willing to do that. Like, he's kind of, uh, he he doesn't seem to feel great about games where he has to throw the ball a ton, um, yeah. which is um, strange. <laughs> it's, it's strange. It seems like he doesn't really understand the, his program that he has built, um, which is something we have talked about before. And so I would be really interested in what that would look like. I, I think that is the, you know, as as counterintuitive as it sounds, and I think we joked about it 
there would have been jokes about it on the forum ahead of the Notre Dame game when Marcus Freeman said, you know, we're going to try and stop the run and then go from there. Like, it sounds counterintuitive, but that is kind of the only chance you have against Ohio State defensively. Right. You're not going to stop the pass. You can't just, oh, well, yeah, we're just going to stop the pass. Yeah, okay, good luck. Good luck. Yeah. yeah, you're gonna cover. You're gonna cover Marvin Harrison and Emeka Ibuka and Julian Fleming and Kate Stover and maybe Jackson Smith and Jig. But you're gonna do that for 60 minutes. That sounds like a really good idea. Yeah, um, especially like with this Michigan secondary, especially with like them not being able to get a pass rush with four guys all season. Yeah. Like it's just not. It's not feasible. They no. have to stop the run. Yeah, yeah. you, you have, have to, to stop. Them. You have to stop the run. You have to put them behind the chains. You have to put them in situations that Ryan Day is not comfortable in, um, which is pretty much what Michigan did defensively last year. You know, Ohio State was able to throw the ball in that game. It was just that in short situations yeah. Ryan Day could not get it done uh could not figure yeah. out plays highest, that would work. yeah 100% Ohio State got 500 yards in that game people forget yeah. that. like they had they have... yeah like you're gonna have to just live with it I think if you're Michigan you're gonna have to just accept like that is the level that CJ Stroud is playing at that is the level he has been at that's the level Ohio State's passing attack has been at for a while now um you have to just live with it there's not really a good solution for stopping what they have going on because there, there's so much of the passing attack is focused around isolating and, and creating one-on-one opportunities for Marvin Harrison, who is ju- you're just not going to stop him all game. You're just not going to. It can't. It can't happen. There's not a cornerback in America who can do that. He is too good one-on-one to to do that. They will get their yards. They will get their passing yards. I'm curious to see what the rushing attack looks like against Michigan's defense. I don't have a great feel for it right now. My my suspicion is that it won't be great. I don't think that Ohio State is going to run the ball great. I don't think that that's going to be the, the deciding factor in the game, but I do think it's going to be important. Um, the thing for me on the other side that... I think Ohio State's going to win. I, I will preface it by saying this. I think Ohio State's going to win. I think it's going to be really. I think it's going to be close. I think it's going to come down to it. But I think Ohio State's going to win. And the reason that I think that is because of not one player in particular, but there is one play that I think is especially emblematic of it against Maryland, um, where it was pretty early on in the game. I don't have exact timestamps. It's going to be featured in the scheme standouts for Ohio State, but. Pretty early on in the game, Maryland was down in the red zone, um, and it was, a, it was a third down, I think, third or fourth down, probably a third down, and they, they dialed up, only needed a couple yards, they dialed up one of those uh, one of those fake split zone looks. They had motion going to the other way from wide receiver before the play, and then they did one of those split zone where it looks like split zone, but actually it's a pass to the tight end. And despite motion before the snap, despite fake split zone, despite a fake in the backfield, Steel Chambers tracked the tight end perfectly. He was right there in coverage. Ohio State sent five guys in pressure, and it got home. And then they had Tommy Eichenberg sitting behind the line waiting in case Talia escaped. Everybody was accounted for on that play. And the, the reason that this was significant to me is because Ohio State was not physically capable of doing that last year. Ohio State would not have handled that situation last year. It would have left somebody wide open. They could not pass off assignments last year. That Ohio State is, and it sounds like the bare fucking minimum, but that Ohio State can pass off assignments, that it can pick up on the fly, even with motion, what is going on and get to the right spots and play it correctly does not bode well for Michigan's offense, which does a lot of things like that. I don't think that misdirection is going to cause this defense to fall over and die like it did last season. I don't think that's been the case all year. And that 
I think is Michigan's best shot, and I just don't know if Ohio State's defense is going to be susceptible to it. I don't think there are big plays to be had against these guys if you cannot throw the ball down the field, which Michigan has not been able to do all year. Like, I think Michigan's going to have saying saying they can't do it. It's like an understatement too. Like they really, like they They really cannot. They have not done it. They have not. If they can throw the ball down the field, I have not seen them do it. Like it's not. I just don't think it's in the cards for this team. And so, like, if Michigan is just, you know, if it can just grind out yards and win in the trenches, then yeah, they'll have a, they'll, they'll, it'll have a very good chance. But I don't know that it can consistently do that. And I don't think that the plays, the counters off of those base looks are going to be anywhere near as explosive as they were last year for Michigan. Yeah. And I think ultimately that makes a difference. It makes the difference in a game that is, like I, I said, I think very close. I think probably a little bit more low scoring than people expect. Um, I, I think Ohio State wins. I think it's a one possession game. I think both teams are probably under 30 points at the end of the day. Um, that is uh, th- that is where I'm at right now. I, I think Ohio State wins, but I think it's very, very competitive. Yeah. I think it's a very good game. We're, we're not terribly far off from each other. I had it finishing uh, 34-23 Ohio State, uh, which is which is a cover by about a field goal uh, and the under. Uh, on this game, the the line is at, uh, between seven and a half and eight and a half most places, and the over under fifty seven and a half. So I have it going just barely under, uh, and I have Ohio State covering um, in a close two score game. I guess I just think to me, like Michigan has to be perfect in the margins, right? Like Michigan has to probably get impact plays on special teams, which is possible. That's been a problem for Ohio State, obviously, and, and Michigan special teams are very good. Yeah, uh, they have to get a couple lucky turnovers, right? Like they probably have to get two fumbles. I, I'd say, like in this game, because I don't think Strauss put the ball in danger very much. Like you, there has to be some fluky shit that happens, some bad penalties for Ohio State. Like the, I, I just think I, I, it's not worth predicting is the way I view it, right? Everything you said, I, I agree with on the net. Like I think Michigan has things that can work. I just think their ratio of success is going to be much lower. I think the odds of Ohio State just like shitting their pants this game and not doing the things they know work. Like, I don't think Ryan Day in this game of all games is going to fuck around. Like, I I think he understands the pressure on him uh, and the whole like, we're going to try to do the whole offensive playbook and like, or, or none of the offensive playbook and just like take it simple. Like, it's not a time to try things out. It's not a time to like, like, run the fucking plays that work like use your advantages do yeah. not fuck around at all in this game yeah uh if you want to have a job next year yeah or I, a couple years from now yeah i'll add the, the 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 caveat here of like i think ohio state is probably more prone to a like a catastrophic event than michigan is just because i think ohio state's ceiling is higher but also it's just a higher variability team um michigan yeah. we kind of know what it is i think in all ways positive and negative so like I, there is there is that that like well what if what we saw from ohio state's run defense this year was just quality of opponent right like what if uh that that all i i understand that i can understand concern about that it's not worth like you said it's not worth predicting at this point it is not yeah. a, it is not I guess a likely ironically enough too. event that i think it would be worth predicting but i do think it is worth keeping in the back of your mind of like it might just blow up, right? Like Ohio State, for some reason, sometimes it just blows up for Ohio State, and that is yeah. that is always a concern. But I, you can't, you can't go into a game expecting that or using it as a as a serious marker of like potential outcome. Like it, it's just it's just something to keep in mind. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. It's totally fair. Um, I. I guess I think ironically, I almost think that Michigan's defense being more prone to like disaster, like <laughs> disaster situation here, just because of the lack of guys who can just go win a drive for them. Like there've been a lot of times with Ohio state where they had been 
not playing their best essentially and and an impact player on defense with a JT Tumalo out or Zach Harrison or Lathan Ransom or Tommy Eichenberg or yeah. like they just had guys who can shut down a drive by themselves. Yeah. Right. Like we we saw we saw uh last week. I mean J- fuck uh, JT beat Penn State on his own. He just, he yeah, just decided sure. the I mean, game was over. JT just won that game. And then like Zach Harrison against Maryland, right? Just back to back plays, sack, then strip sack for another touchdown. Uh, Lathan Ransom against Indiana had four straight tackles and a blocked punt in, in a five-play sequence. Like there are just guys on this roster who will just end a game. Like yeah. that's just what they'll do. And I don't know that Michigan, like I think, I think they have some really good players. Um, I think Mozzie Smith's a good player. I think Mason Graham's an incredible true freshman. Sant Rasil has shown things at times. And like, um, I don't know, maybe if Takaiho Green is able to get healthy and play for this game. Like there are guys who were, I think, are NFL players, but like yeah. who is the game breaker on Michigan? defense like i don't think that guy exists i don't think they have that guy uh mike morris has been banged up obviously he's just that he's a leg injury like he's supposed to be coming back but we'll see like who is the dude for this game it's just blake quorum is the only guy in the team that has that capacity yeah uh and maybe Don edwards if you're being generous yeah like, and, and we don't like the the idea of being generous and saying that he would be 100 is very very generous i don't think that there's any yes. I don't think there's any world where he is 100% for this game. I think he could play. I think he could play and, and that it wouldn't be super noticeable, but I he's not going to be fully healthy. I don't think anybody is at this time in the season, but I think it would be like, it, if he's playing, it's probably not close to 80%. I think he would be pretty dinged up. And uh, yeah, I, I think that he is definitely, like if I think about Michigan's roster, there are guys who are borderline. There are guys who I like on the defense and there are guys who I like on the offense. But yeah, it's Blake Corum. Blake Corum is the is the superstar. He's the game changer. And we don't know if he's going to play. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And and like the difference between this Michigan offense, like they are efficient. Sure, like, they are, like this offensive line is excellent for them, right? Like they will pick up four yards of carry if he's not playing. I mean, Edwards can do that. I, I mean, I don't think CJ Stokes is... Uh, as bad as he looked against Illinois in the second half of that game, right? Like they'll be, they'll get theirs. Like they have an offensive line. It's going to be solid and deep. They'll get four yards to carry. Uh, but the difference is when Corum's in, he makes plays in the second level by himself to turn five, six yard gains into 25, 26 yard gains. And no one else in the roster, including Edwards can do that. Like Edwards is a very talented player, but he's like a passing down running back. Who's great. And like, you know, catching the football and he's a broken bone in his hand. So I don't know how effective he's going to be if he's in the passing game. Right. Yeah. Like CJ Stokes is not doing that. I'm, there's not another guy in the Michigan roster who's doing that, which is a function of recruiting talent. Like, right. Like Ohio state goes down to its fourth string running back and that guy can come in and get 150 yards and a half. Michigan goes down to their third string and they can't get more than three yards of carry. Like that's the difference between recruiting, you know, uh, 70 uh i'll say it is also it is also the difference of playing maryland and playing illinois i think that that is probably yeah sure but no yeah as well i'm 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 on a i'm on a i'm on a take let me get let me get going yeah i saw i saw you talking about that yesterday i was like well well look i mean it's game week you think i'm not gonna be disingenuous of course it's fine yeah what else i mean when else can we be disingenuous if not right now there's no there's no better time for bad faith for bad faith than this week yeah yeah um yeah, the, my my last thing on this, and then uh, if you don't have, I'm sure you have more, but uh, we we can, we no, can, I can, I can start to, to move that. forward. Um, my last thing on this is uh, Michigan. Hey, this off season, uh, Grant Dubose from Charlotte is in the transfer portal. He will not be the only very good wide receiver in the transfer portal. Get one of them. Get two of them. Just get something out there. Get anything at all at wide receiver, because 
it would be really nice to have. I think for games like this one, if Michigan had wide receivers, like guys who scare you on the outside, and they just don't right now. None of the guys outside scare me for this Michigan team. It's just development, too. Like, they had, what, like, there were four or five, like, all the guys that are playing this year were guys who played, except Ronnie Bell, who was injured last season. All the other guys played last year. They just didn't take a step forward. They didn't develop yeah. them. Yeah. Like, that's that. That's the biggest thing is, like, if you want to be one of these dudes, uh, like, individually as a player, you have to step up, but also as a coaching staff, like, you have to develop guys. They don't just grow on fucking cheese. Like, and everyone makes fun of, like, I'm making up a fake narrative here. Like no one thinks Brian Hartline, I, I think, right, just picks up five stars and they're good at meeting. Like you have to coach those guys too. So like not only are they getting worse talent, they're also not coaching them well enough. And, and when you actually have them coach and they're able to create separation, your quarterback has to be able to hit them. Yeah. And Michigan's failing every step of this chain. They're not recruiting enough good receivers. They're not developing receivers once they get there, and they don't have a quarterback that can hit the players. Yeah. Uh, that's, I mean, like, there's no part of the system working in the passing offense. None of it's working. Yeah. And it, it's, we'll, it's bad. Yeah. We'll see if they have been, in, as, as people I think are maybe partially wish casting, that they have been holding stuff back. I'm not sure how real that is for games like this. I think that there are pieces that maybe are held back. Um, but I don't know that you would. I don't know that you would trot out an incompetent passing attack for two months just for the sake of one game. <laughs> that feels like, yeah. I mean, they it's, were not like, silly. like they could yeah. have lost to Illinois. It was not that far off of a possibility. I don't think that you would yeah. cripple and, yourself and, like, and like that let's for be clear, one like, game. They were getting some players open. It wasn't frequently, but like even, yeah. you know, Michigan's and JJ was tight And JJ was missing them. Yeah, there were guys open. He was just missing, was missing them. them, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and the one play like there was that one nice throw in the end zone that he had where the receiver just dropped it. Yeah, uh, like his one good throw a game he gets, like they don't really catch it. So yeah, uh, there's nothing here. He's not a difference maker. They don't have any difference makers at receiver. Look, I, I will say this: I think that Michigan's good enough and quality enough, and will play a game state that will keep it relatively close and keep it to like a close two score game. But there's also a pathway where Ohio State just blows their fucking doors off. Like I, everything we're talking about, like if you're being ungenerous to Michigan, like. If Blake Corum is actually like more like 60% or 70% uh, or doesn't play at all, or if like JJ just has his like the usual games he's been having the last three weeks and doesn't take a step forward. Yeah. If I'm right about their defense, there's no difference makers. Like an Ohio State plays well and is focused, they could win this game by 40 points. Like Michigan could absolutely get blown out in this game. It is very possible to see happen. Yeah. I don't think that's likely, but there is, I, I'll say that there's no pathway for Michigan to blow out Ohio State. There's absolutely a pathway for Ohio State to dunk all over Michigan. We'll see. I'm interested. I'm interested to see. I if can't this wait. Is, I'm so fired is, uh, up, dude. This is what I yeah. live for. This is yeah. the game of the century. The Abu Ghraib game of the century for a reason. This is a. Uh, this is what you do it for. This is this is this is what you come for. This is the game. Um, most wanted. I think we're gonna roll through a lot of this list because there's not a whole yeah. lot else on Saturday. Uh, most wanted is South Carolina at Clemson on ABC. Uh, South Carolina can do us all a favor and knock Clemson out of playoff contention here. I don't think it's going to. It would be really funny. Um, I'm not. I don't think I'm gonna have a whole lot of interest in this one. I I think I'm probably. I think I'm probably okay on uh, on South Carolina at Clemson. South Carolina's not good, and I think Clemson's probably good enough to just uh, hold them at, at, at arm's length, if not kind of beat the hell out of them a little bit. Yeah, I mean, yeah, South Carolina's not doing that game again, right? That's not happening a second time. That's not who they are. That was just a, a generational performance. Yeah, I think Clemson... I don't know if I would say Clemson can like smell blood in the water, but Clemson can realize that if they just win out, they'll probably back with a way into a playoff spot and Dabo mm -hmm. will stay alive for another year yeah. as like a relevant coach. Yeah. So no, as a person, uh, as a human being, he will yeah. remain alive for <laughs> one more year. I think they just, they probably just find their way there and 
I would be shocked they lost South Carolina. I, I just I don't see that happening. I don't think South Carolina has any any dudes. Yeah. Although I, I do love the press conference where they were talking about letting their nuts hang. That was yeah, great. That is good. Uh, no fly list. Coastal Carolina at James Madison on ESPNU. Um, just want to mention because this was one of my picks in our weekly uh, the the free money store gambling uh, story. Um, Coastal mm-hmm. Carolina is a two touchdown dog in this game. I understand that they don't have Grayson McCall. I understand that James Madison has been very impressive this year. James Madison was in the FCS one year ago, and Coastal Carolina is Coastal Carolina. I'm not sure I would give them two touchdowns in this game. That seems that seems like maybe unfair to a very strong program. Very, 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 very strong program. Like, I don't care who's playing quarterback. Very strong program. I'm, I'm not sure about that. I'm going to keep an eye on it. Coastal Carolina has won the Sun Belt East regardless because James Madison is ineligible um but it is i am just i'm interested i'm interested to see what coastal can do here if they win i think they can stay alive for that potential g5 new year six bid they will need some help um but they obviously they need to win to stay in contention for that to keep the sunbelt in contention for that because um nobody has actually watched football this year and they don't realize that the sunbelt is the better of the two conferences uh we've talked about that plenty western kentucky at fau cvssn um is either team playing for anything here? Western Kentucky would be in if uh, North Texas loses, right? Yeah, there are some scenarios. This this game is actually fairly important if North Texas loses. Yeah. Um, North Texas is playing. North Texas is somewhere. also here on the no-fly list at 2 p.m. on ESPN+. Plus. They are hosting Rice. I don't think they're going to lose that game. I would guess that North Texas wins and goes to the CUSA championship to play UTSA. But if they lose... Um, what is it? The winner of Western Kentucky at FAU would be Yeah, in? I'll pull it up right now. Uh, so... Uh, let's see here. If North Texas wins versus race on Saturday, it plays UTSA. Yep. If North Texas loses and Western Kentucky wins at FAU, the Hilltoppers will play for the title. Yeah. If both North Texas and Western Kentucky lose, the three-way tie between those two and FAU would come down to their record against the next best teams in the conference and the standings, okay. which we will not know until all games are played. Awesome. Um, God, I do. So, I, the tiebreakers are so stupid and so funny. <laughs> Yeah, I do. I'm I'm glad that we. It's like fucking the baseball stadiums all being different sizes. I like it. I (laughs) I can't I can't complain. I I do think it's kind of I think it's kind of endearing. Yeah. So the funny the funny scenario we're for here is a North Texas loss and a Western Kentucky loss as well. Yeah, uh, that's, I, what, that's what we're all rooting for. I would guess that we're going to get the opposite of those two results. That's, yes, <laughs> that's I agree. <laughs> my theory on the on the QC here. I think FAU is not very good, and I think Rice is probably not good enough to beat North Texas. Um, last one here in the no-fly list, because I don't think we need to go in detail more on North Texas Rice, is uh, Georgia Tech at Georgia. Not not worth watching, I don't think, from the start, but just keep your, keep your eye on the score app just in case, right? Just... Just to see, because Georgia Tech did just beat a, a team that was contending for the playoff. Georgia's a different animal than North Carolina. But just keep an eye on it, because Georgia's not been blowing teams out. I think they probably will here. Um, but it is uh, one of the games that is on in this time slot, and one of the only ones that is either important or watchable. It is um, not much of either, but it is worth, I guess, keeping an eye on, because it would be just very funny. It would be very funny if Georgia lost this game. I don't think it is uh, going to consider doing that. Um, afternoon, Guantanamo Bay. This is one 
like I was referring to earlier, that would be really, really important <laughs> in, a, in, a, in a just world uh, and is instead just kind of important here. Oregon at Oregon State, 330 on ABC. Oregon is in the Pac-12 championship with a win. With a loss, uh, it becomes a big fucking mess. Somebody had a really great flow chart. It was one of the Johns. I think it was Kenzano, maybe? Um, one of them had a really great flow chart for how the... Uh, how the how the Pac-12 tiebreakers? I believe it was Podhoritz. It was John Podhoritz. It was right? probably John Podhoritz. I think sounds right. Um, ah, shit, I can't remember who it was that uh, that, that had it, but it was a really helpful. <laughs> it was a really helpful way of understanding how the Pac-12 uh, tiebreakers will work and like what would be needed. Um, I think there is like one world where Washington can go, and then there's one world where where. Utah can go if Oregon loses this game. Um, the easiest path, however, is Oregon. It would be it is Oregon winning this game and going. However, it's easier said than done to go into Corvallis and win, especially a game that is very important for Oregon State. Oregon State, as a program, would love to upset Oregon here. Um, I think this is just going to be a really good, entertaining football game. I, I think Oregon probably wins, but I am... I, I really like when this game matters. I really like when this game is important, when both teams are good, and I think that we, we are getting that here objectively, and I'm excited about that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I don't know. It's It should be fun. I mean, like, all these games, there's just a little juice in them, right? Like, I mean, I mean anything like this, the conference title line, especially going on the road to try to win it, um, I'm excited for it. I'm looking forward to seeing if it involves Washington getting instead or kind of like, if, you know, I think there's still a chance for Utah to get in too, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it's if, if I think it's, if Oregon loses this game, um, if Washington loses and Washington, to Washington loses. state, and then I can't remember who's playing Colorado. Is Utah playing Colorado? That might be the case. And then Utah beats it involves, Colorado. Jesus, it involves Colorado. Uh, yeah, we should probably know that one. I, I, that's kind of my thing. I, my bad. I don't really have that I one. wish I could remember who I, who I saw that tweeted it out because um, it was a great chart. It was just like, uh, you know. Well, wait, how? how? No, I think it has to involve – it has to involve Washington winning too, right? But uh... It's impossible to know. It, it's really hard to say for sure exactly what it is. Um, maybe it's that Washington uh, wins, but Oregon or Utah loses, then Washington is in. But if, if Washington wins and Utah wins, then Utah is in. I don't know. I don't remember exactly. I, I should, I should have checked. Um, I saw it yesterday. Yeah. Cause I mean, Oregon, that. let's see, Oregon has, I guess we could just be looking this up. I have no interest in doing that. Let's try to figure it out on our own. Yeah. Uh, so Oregon yeah, let's <laughs> lost try to, back to Washington. our way into this. <laughs> yeah. So Oregon lost to Washington and beat Utah, right? Yeah. Washington beat Oregon. Utah okay. lost to Oregon. Okay. I, I, I don't I, see any scenario. I found it. Okay. Go ahead. I, I found it. This go is ahead. from Tony Altimore. I don't know if he mowed, if he made this. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. He's from Baltimore, but he, he, he was poor. Yeah. He's from, he's from Tony Altimore. Um, he was quote <laughs> tweeting a John Canzano tweet. Okay. I've got the, I've got the flow chart here. Uh, if Oregon wins, Oregon will be going to the big, to the PAC 12 championship. So that it doesn't matter if Oregon wins, if Oregon loses, um, the Apple Cup could then determine it. If Washington loses to Washington State, Oregon would go. If Washington wins, we keep going. Uh, so we're going to say Washington wins. Then it would go to the Bear Bowl. Then it's UCLA-Cal. If Cal wins, Washington goes. If UCLA wins, it comes down to Utah versus Colorado. If Utah wins, Utah goes. If Utah loses, Washington goes. That's how it works. That's so fucked up. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. So if you want to, Utah, s- Utah has no business going to this this champion. Utah sucks. No. Uh, yeah. I. I uh, <laughs> it would be very funny. I do think that it's like the second most likely outcome, which is very funny. Like, I think the likeliest is that Oregon wins. But if Oregon loses. I think Washington would beat Washington State, UCLA would beat Cal, and Utah would beat uh, Colorado. So I think Utah is probably the second most likely outcome here, um, with the most likely being that, that, so that, uh, that Oregon wins. Um, so Oregon, I would recommend winning this game. I think Oregon should look into winning this one. I think that they probably will. Um, regardless of, of outcome, I think it's going to be a fun game to watch. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, most wanted is the Iron Bowl at 3.30 on CBS, Auburn at Alabama, and then Iowa State at TCU, 4 p.m. on Fox. Um, they're important. That's the sell. I don't. I personally, I do not endorse these football games. I do not think that you should watch these. I understand the importance of them. I think that they are worth keeping an eye on. But I, I would not be sitting down for three hours to watch either of these. Yeah. Well, uh, more power to you. Uh, it's hard for me to disagree. I guess. I mean, I, I don't know. Like, yeah. Sell me, on, sell me on right? Iowa State TCU. Go ahead and tell me you want to watch four hours of uh, Iowa State. I don't football. really want to watch it. I guess I would say that's that's a fair point. I don't really have any interest in watching it. Uh, however, I don't know. I'll watch it if TCU's losing in the second yeah. half. Even though they're probably going to win because they're TCU, they're going to find a way to win a game. Yeah. Um, I don't know. So, yeah, I mean, look, maybe it'd be fun to see uh, Cadillac Williams get upset against Alabama. It'd be fun to see Bama lose three games. Like, that'd be great. I would I would see Bama. I would love to see Bama not make a New Year's Six Bowl. That would be really funny. Yeah. Uh, which I guess is already a possibility right now, but they probably will anyway. Yeah. Um, I don't know. That'd be cool. That's that's great. We love to see Bama lose. That's why it's fun. That's, I mean, TCU, I actually kind of want to see them win. Like I said, I, I obviously, I hate Matt Campbell, and I, I you know, want to see TCU make the playoff. So, um yeah, I'm really I'm rooting for Auburn. I'm not really rooting for Iowa State, but yeah, I don't know. It's football, dude. That's why. Yeah, I, I think keeping I I think keeping an eye on these is probably the right way to go. Just like if it's close in the second half or late into the first quarter, maybe flip it on, keep an eye on it. I don't think you need to watch the full thing here. Yeah. I think that Oregon Oregon State there's, is the main entree, and I think that these right. are are possible. And there's five or six other games you can keep an eye on to see if anything's close to have a flip game. Yeah. So we j- we move now to the no fly list, uh, which has some of those other games: Minnesota at Wisconsin, three thirty on ESPN; Louisville at Kentucky, three p.m. on SEC Network; and Wake Forest at Duke. 3.30 on ACC Network. Uh, Wake Forest at Duke, I'm going to knock out very early on just a game if you want to see some offense, I guess. Might be a fun football game. Does not mean anything. Um, Minnesota at Wisconsin. Well, it means something for Duke. For Duke to get eight wins in his first year in Elko would be insane. Yeah, Duke would be very happy with that. That would also cap a very disappointing season from Wake Forest. Uh, disappointing in ways that I think were preventable. Um, yep. Minnesota at Wisconsin does not mean a ton, Right, it's sort of more just for just for fun, basically. I don't think Minnesota has a ton of chances to the Big Ten West championship game. Right, it's it's it it might not even have any uh, as far as I know. No, it has no chances. Okay, so yeah, uh, this is this, this game means is, nothing. Yeah, yeah, this is just if you want to see them. I guess it's a game that's. I guess on it that could it could end up winning. Teams. It could end up winning eight games. Yeah, it could have an eight win season, which is kind of cool. I guess if yeah. you're a pervert, would probably be good for Wisconsin to win this one, given that it seems like they're going to hire Jim Leonard full time. I think you would maybe want to win this game before you announce that, because losing this yeah. game and ending the season the way that they would, um, and then announcing that the guy who did that is your head coach is not great i don't think i don't love doing i that. don't know I, I get that like I, yeah. it's a one season and you can't just paint it on that but like mm, man maybe you should have won more than you did <laughs> before you did that yeah. game that lance Leipold 
was going to take the job if you offered it to him. I don't know about that. I don't know about all that. That that would be, hear, yeah. that would be a tough sell. Yeah. Um, Last one is uh, Louisville, Kentucky at three o'clock on SEC Network. Just a nasty uh, game. Just a nasty mean yeah. game for nasty guys. I, I, I always. Yeah. Like I mean, one. Louisville. The, the pitcher Louisville's been playing very well. Kentucky's been playing very poorly. Uh, but uh, Kentucky owns this rivalry lately. Yeah. So. I don't know. Very funny if this Kentucky team ends up going six and six this season. Goes out and that's you know goes out just losing like that. Pathetic with Will Levis and all this talent. Yeah. Uh, very pathetic season. That's the way it goes. But we'll see. I don't know. Uh, I think Louisville's the dog here. I don't really have a strong opinion. It's it's probably the game I'll end up watching the second most behind Oregon Oregon State in this window. If I'm being honest. Yeah, I agree um, with that. This is a this is a fun game to just to to watch purely as an entertainment product. Fun game to watch. Um, yeah. Evening Guantanamo Bay game, and uh, also here the the preordained really could not have been anything else. The preordained Hank Hill. I'm about to bust narrative buster of the week. I'm about to bust. Is Notre Dame at USC 7:30 on ABC. Um, there's just been entirely too much USC talk for me to not pick this one. Even if I didn't think that Notre Dame was going to win, which I, I do, I do think Notre Dame is going to win. Um, I think that that defense is going to cause problems for USC's offense that it has not had all season. Um, I think that it could look a lot like a more competent version of what Oregon State did to these guys. Um, even if I didn't believe that, there's just been way too much about USC this week. Way too much. People talking about Caleb Williams as a Heisman contender, as the favorite for the Heisman, as you know USC as a as a a shoe in for the playoff, as a team that just needs to win out and then they'll be in. Like, I've just I've seen it too much. I've seen too much excitement about USC. I can feel it in the air. I'm like a sailor with a storm coming. I just USC is. I'm getting that itch that USC is going to lose a football game with everybody watching it. Um, I just, you know, primetime game against a tough physical opponent that knows how to play defense and knows how to defend against your shit specifically. I don't feel great about it for USC. I think that Notre Dame is going to be able to pull it out. Man, um, I think USC is just due to lose. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I don't think Notre Dame is that special of a team right now. I think they're playing relatively well. Yeah. Uh, and I'm curious to see how Caleb Williams responds to an actual defense, which he has not played in. Um, has he? Uh, has he played one of those? Has I think, he played what, I mean, one? What, what, yeah. Oregon State was like the best defense that he played, right? And he looked like fucking dog ass in that game. He was he horrible. looked terrible. Yeah, I mean, the defenses they played this, I mean, Utah's defense is pretty mid to bad. Yeah. UCLA's is actively horrible. Also, they lost to Utah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Fair enough. Yeah, fair enough. I'm, I'm trying to think like what is, I'm actually going to look up what is the best. Utah's is 28th in SP+. Plus. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Cal is like 51st. What's Oregon Jesus. State? Uh Oregon State's 20th. They played yeah. they played like two top 50 defenses in SP plus, if I'm right. Yeah. Uh and he looked pretty bad against both of them. Yeah. So uh, I'm willing to think that, that Notre Dame can definitely slow down Caleb here and end all that Heisman talk, which was a great cash grab from the casinos, by the way, to boost his odds so oh, fast. Yes. Oh, um, yeah. If you want to bet on him, that, that was great work. Yeah. Um yeah, I don't know. I don't really have any expectations for him at all. I think he kind of sucks. Uh, <laughs> I think he played a great game against UCLA, but I don't think he's going to do it again. Um, I, I tend to think that Notre Dame finds a way to win. I think it's going to be an ugly football game. It's going to be like, for oh, yeah. people who are just playoff heads, they're going to be miserable watching this. But um, great. if Notre Dame wins, honestly, 
a pretty damn good year for Freeman. Yeah, that's a that's a baller that's a baller ass season from him where you lose to Marshall and Stanford and then, oh, come uh, on, look, look, look. I'm not saying it's a perfect year. <laughs> no, but like, no, I'm I'm your... I'm being I'm being serious. I'm saying that's a very okay. funny season to have where you lose to Marshall and Stanford and you turn around and you beat Clemson and 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 then also you knock USC out of the playoffs on, on the road like. That's a that's a very strange season, but I think that you'd be pretty happy with it if you're Notre Dame. I mean, you beat two playoff contenders. Like that would be that'd be pretty fucking good, I think. And, and, I mean, they've beaten North. I mean, North Carolina and lose the North yeah. Tech lost their season, but like they very well could finish the year like three and one against ranked teams. Yeah, which is uh, and, and I mean yeah. they they played Ohio State as competitively as what pretty much anybody else has, right? I mean, it's it's not hundred yeah, percent. It's yeah. the tightest game of the year by far. Very, I, I guess Maryland. Yeah. yeah, very weird season for Notre Dame. <laughs> very, very yeah. strange season for them. And I, I think basically, if you can win the year, winning six straight and nine of your last ten, and say, "Hey, look, I lost my quarterback. You know, we got better as the year went on. We had an awesome defense, yada yada." Yeah, like you have room for improvement to say. And look, they've what they scored thirty-five points or more in five straight games too. Uh, they've been oh, playing man. really they're, good. Football. Man, they're gonna win this fucking game. They're gonna win this game. Uh, they they are. Yeah, this is this is setting up very nicely for a Notre Dame upset, I think. Also, really embarrassing. I'm just looking at... I love this feature that ESPN does where they list the ticket prices in the game preview every time. Yeah. Uh, it's very funny for me. Tickets are $65 this game. That's fucking pathetic. <laughs> that Yeah, that, that's, a, that's a... That is that's, a fake rivalry. That's a low-figure number right there. Yeah, weird that these guys still play every year. I'm, I, I don't, I'm not going to complain because I like that they play every year. I, it's, a, it's a recognizable game for me, but... Boy, howdy! That should be that should be higher. You have a playoff contender. <laughs> it's a playoff contender. You probably should be going to these games. Um, most wanted: Kansas at Kansas State, 8 p.m. on Fox, and then LSU at Texas A&M, 7 p.m. on ESPN. Kind of similar situations here. I think Kansas is better than Texas A&M, obviously, but um, <clears throat> Kansas State trying to lock up its spot in the Big 12 championship game, where it could try to spring an upset on TCU. It is out of the playoff running, obviously, but would still benefit quite a bit from pulling off that win, whereas LSU going to Texas A&M needs to win to stay in the race heading into the SEC championship game, where seemingly if it beats Georgia, it will be in as a two-loss team. Um, so both both games important here, but important in so far as teams needing to avoid upsets, basically, and, and against... Uh, varying levels of interesting opponent. I don't think that I don't think Texas A&M has anything going on. I don't think that they're going to be able to do this, but I think Kansas can score enough that they can at least they can they can they can be some sort of test for Kansas State, basically. Yeah, it'd be cool. I mean, I think in all likelihood, I think Kansas State's playing some pretty good football. Uh, I think they probably end up uh, winning this game by a pretty decent margin. I mean. I only lost to Texas, which was a surprising game, but, yeah. but they, uh, I mean, they back-to-back road wins. Kansas looked pretty bad last week. I'd be surprised they lost this one. Um, yeah. the line. And I mean, man, do they have, I think they have a chance to avenge that loss to TCU, right? And have a chance I to win too. the Big 12 here. Yeah. There, I, there's just a lot in the line for Kansas State. I'd be shocked if they lost this one. I kind of have um, a bad, I have kind of a bad feeling for TCU about that, about that potential game. I, I, I would be, I wonder though, I like there, there's that. a scenario where, Man, if USC loses to, to to Notre Dame, like could TCU be in no matter what? Maybe, maybe, probably not. I, but I guess like I you right now. I was just doing this yesterday because I was cooking up. I'll I'll hide this one late in the podcast because yeah. I didn't actually tweet it out. I was cooking up a disingenuous take where I said TCU should be ranked ahead of Michigan. Uh-huh. Um, 
They do. I mean, first of all, they do have like three more quality wins. They played eight bowl teams this year. Jesus. Uh, yeah. TCU's beaten a lot of solid football teams. Yeah. Uh, they have more ranked wins than, than uh, Michigan does. Like they're playing good football. I, I mean, obviously their margin of victory is terrible. They have no game control at all, yeah. but that's a fake stat. Anyway, I don't care. Yeah. Um, uh, and uh, yeah, anyway, I don't know. Like I, I would argue that like if they go down to it, like, Clemson's played nobody. They've beaten nobody. They got blown out. If, if TCU loses in a close game to a Kansas State team they already beat, yeah, I think they should be ahead of Clemson. They probably give the conference title tiebreaker to Clemson because Clemson's better for the money too. If you have Ohio State, Georgia, Clemson, USC, it's way better for viewership yeah. than TCU. But that would suck. I mean, TCU is a better team than Clemson for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Per- personally, I would probably make the argument that you could rank TCU ahead of a couple teams who are ahead of it because it's in the best hmm. conference of the of the ones that are involved up there. Well, um, I, no, <laughs> no, sorry. I mean, look, <laughs> listen. Ohio State has Ohio State has two top fifteen wins. That's not, wow. Don't get too frisky. Pat. Which I'm, conference I'm are they? You some, which which conference are they playing in? Did they get to play? Maryland? I'm giving you some. I'm giving you some ground here. I'm giving you some ground. Don't try to take too much. Mm-hmm. I am not. This is not. This is not an if you give a mouse cookie situation here. I have a hard yeah. line. We are not. Yeah. They can be. Three they don't listen have to, they don't there's have to be two. listen there's they can be three there's nothing wrong with the fact that the big 10 and the sec are the same conference this year it's not it's, we don't need to pretend that they aren't we don't <laughs> oh wow the big Ten's so deep this year the sec is so deep this year no they're not they're riding on they're riding on fucking reputation that's what they're doing they are both just trying to drag their asses over the finish line before they get to the 12 team playoff and they expand um it is what it is whereas the big 12 is hungry the big 12 is 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 scrapping for it the big 12 is um, I think objectively a better league than the other two right now, but uh, it does not seem that that is reflected <laughs> anywhere else. I think if TCU wins the Big 12, it should be considered a much bigger deal than it has been considered at this point, but we will cross that bridge if we get to it. Um, most wanted here. Uh, we did the most wanted already. No, never mind. No fly list. There's nothing on here. There's three games at night. If there, if you are not interested in any of these three, I've got nothing for you. There's This is it. Yeah. This is Those are good games. Yeah. Come on. And also, yeah. we, we should mention really quick too, just as a general note, not to do the egg bowl thing we were talking about earlier, but uh, LSU A&M has a lot of hatred in it. For It's like a weird yeah. game where everyone hates everybody else. Yeah, it's, 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 it's tight consistently. It's a consistently tight game. This was the seven overtime game a couple years ago, whatever it was. There have been fights yeah. in this game. These two do not like each other very much. The, the, the Houston area and LSU area, they're very important for each other. And Texas A&M is kind of the primary Houston recruiter that is not LSU or, you know, Houston, but Houston obviously doesn't recruit yeah. quite on that level. Um, these two see each other a lot on and off the field, and they they do not they do not much care for each other. Definitely, and I guess I'm curious how that plays out. Obviously, AM sucks this year, but I mean LSU has doesn't really have much of an offense. Like I, I think there's a scenario where this could be an ugly football game. I don't think AM wins, but uh, that'd be a classic Jimbo classic Jimbo win to just get a little goodwill back, back late in the season, try to win yeah. this game late. Yeah, um, I, I th- very funny. Yeah, if, I, if a nine and three team wins the SEC West, I would love to see that happen. Yeah, if Texas A and M was a little bit more engaged at this point, I would have considered this seriously for the the Hank Hill game. But I just, it seems like a lot of those guys are out the door. I, I think that they have a lot of uh, a lot of guys who are not really locked in at this point in the season. Guys who are looking elsewhere, um, and so I'm I'm I would be worried about that. I don't know that this team is really capable of of coming together and winning this kind of game. It seems like. Uh, 
it seems like things are not good there right now. It seems like things at Texas A&M, people are not fully committed to what's going on from the coaches' side and the players' side. I think that there's going to be some te- some staff turnover, and there's going to be a lot of roster turnover. Um, I think they might be done. I think they might be circling the wagons here going into this game, and so I, I would I would be. I'm cautious about that, but I do think that they can still kind of make it a mess because of how fucking plotting their shit is. Uh, last last uh, slot here, Guantanamo Bay game in the late night slot is Washington at Washington State, the aforementioned Apple Cup, 10.30 p.m. on ESPN. Um, it's going to be good. I, I think the sale, the sale here is pretty similar for Oregon, Oregon State. It's just, you know, I like when both of these teams are, are compelling and interesting. I think they are here. I would guess that Washington wins. I think Washington is better, but... Washington State has had some surprising results this season and I think has generally taken care of business when it has needed to. This is not one of those situations, but I do think they can be competitive in this game. I I like this. I like this as a as a nightcap. I think that this is a good way to end the day. Yeah, I agree. But the other games here are Air Force and San Diego State, which is the most wanted game, and, and BYU would stand for the no-fly list. But yeah. Um, yeah, it's a little bit lean, obviously, but Washington, Washington State's a fun way to end it. If you're staying up late here, yeah, um, I think I think you could, I yeah. think that you, if you are in the right mindset, I think you can have fun with Air Force San Diego State as well. Um, BYU Stanford, I've got nothing for you. It's on. It is football. It is on. It is being played. I think Air Force San Diego State. If you go into it with the right idea of understanding, like this is not technically meaningful for anything. I think it could still be fun. I, I remember a couple of years ago there was the San Diego State Army bowl game. I think and it was really really enjoyable. Um, I think this could be kind of like that. So I, I would keep an eye on that, but I would not, I would not like affix all of your hopes to it or anything like that. Basically, um, Ryan, yeah. anything else before we get out of here? No, man, this was fun. I'm really excited for the last week. I just want to say in general, it's been such a fun season too, and a great season with our first year of meeting midfield and. Uh, I'm sad to see that the regular season end here. I know obviously we'll have conference title games and uh, and bowl games coming up, but I'm thrilled for Ohio State, Michigan. I, I think after doing this podcast, it's, it's the last podcast I had to record before the game, so I'm just going to be nothing but nerves the entire yeah. the entire week after this, just nerves in writing and posting. Yeah, uh, I can't wait. The energy is high. Um, I'm looking forward to it, and may God bless us all. May, yep. may we <laughs> may our souls be saved. <laughs> yes, I just hope we make it out alive. Yep. Yeah. All right, cool. We will, uh, the next time we talk to you guys, Ryan will be a changed man, either for the better or for the worse. We will see you all Mm -hmm. on the recap show.